Welcome to the Incremental Gains podcast. So today I am joined by Jamie Acton, former professional rugby league player and owner of Reva Fitness. We get into all sorts of things, the injury that caused him to retire prematurely, the new business venture, mindset, mental health, training, and ultimately finding your passion and finding a new mission. I hope you enjoy it. Check us out on YouTube and Instagram, Incremental Gains. Subscribe and enjoy. It's the first time I've used Zoom this as well, like, so if anything goes wrong... (laughs) Yeah, well, my, uh, my house is quite, is the garden backs onto a road, so if you hear the odd uh, siren or beeping cars, then uh, that's why. All right, mate, no worries. Anyway, uh, I appreciate your time and appreciate you talking to me today. What have you been, uh, what have you been up to? Well, obviously not much, considering um, the whole isolation problem. But, um, yeah, like, I'm trying to turn, take the positives where I can. I uh, la- launched a company sort of last year. Um, Reva and sort of on the two or three weeks before we launch so that is pretty pretty manic and mm. a lot of the things because it's an app we're building um a lot of the stuff we can do is all uh stuff on the computer and sort of we can do through zoom calls and everything like that that's involved in in, in the process so yeah uh, i've been working really hard yeah we've we, we, the times actually not had enough hours of the day in hindsight, do you not think that if you'd have worked, obviously hindsight's brilliant, but if you'd have worked a little bit harder to get it released two yeah, weeks well, earlier? Really because obviously this, the app is all about sort of mental health and sort of fitness, sort of ready to go on a platform, um, sort of personal training in your pocket sort of thing. And mm-hmm. it's, yeah, and perfect for these times because I think people are crying out for it. And unfortunately, given the circumstances, every man and his dog are trying to, is trying to be a personal trainer at the moment and yeah. create and in a weird way i think it's 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 made sort of personal trainer even worse as a term because there's so many people putting such crap out there uh, yeah. that it's it's demonized demonizing the industry a little bit and uh you know workouts are great home workouts are great doing stuff um in the time that you can, in the time that you can actually do, it's fantastic. But it's really important you're doing the right stuff, you're doing yeah. it safely. Um, and there's a lot of gimmicks now coming to the to, to the surface, which is just like making me cringe a little bit. Um, but yeah, I wish we got it sorted. But I don't want it also at the same time to be like, oh, we've just created this because of the pandemic and everyone's now stuck at home. And um, so we've already decided on the fact that right until this uh, thing's over, we're, we're yeah. going to put it out completely for free. Yeah. to sort of do, to do our bit and to, to give back a little bit and um oh, nice. yeah, that has been a good um, that has been a good thing that i've seen a lot of personal trainers a lot of jiu-jitsu practitioners i've been putting out loads of free content just to help people in these in these i think so I think that, totally i think it's one of those things that you've got to do these i think everyone's doing their bit obviously everyone's talking about nhs and how they've obviously been an amazing job at the moment uh but i think that all we can all help at home in our own in our own industries um, and give give back in our own way in whatever we can. Um, yeah, definitely. So yeah, yeah, I think we've got a social responsibility to do that really and give back where we can. Mm. Uh, in so, our, in our yeah, definitely, mate. So take us back to the beginning. Then, so how did the idea of Reva come about? Well, well, we obviously I'm, my background. I've been a professional rugby player since I've been sixteen, um, and unfortunately, I broke my neck uh, about a year ago. Now, I had an operation. Um, I basically have two discs replaced in my neck. Um, 
it just started off with a few like nerve problems, getting kind of a little bit of pains here and there. But all rugby players have pains. That's just Was that from a tackle then that you brought your neck? No, it, I think it's just wear and tear over years predominantly. It's it's basically just kind of putting pressure on nerves um, and never right. really getting checked, um, getting banged you know, every week. It's just it's part of the job. I think there's a lot of players that suffer with it, probably are suffering with it, are on the brink. And yeah. it just so happened that sort of these bony calcifications that were growing on my spine um, happened to impede the nerve in the wrong place. And then one dodgy tackle put, sort of was one too many. That, that That's it. It was... It's just a bit of bad luck, really. Yeah. Um, but yeah, obviously, it, it completely ruined my life. It, 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 was, it was amazing. It was like, I did, didn't realise the impact that not having rugby in my life would do. And yeah. I think that the only way I can describe it is essentially like a process of mourning. Because I believe that as a rugby player, your identity becomes Jamie, the rugby player. Yeah. Whether it's family, friends, you know, you you know, the first thing when people talk to you talk to you about is rugby. And from being a young age, you you kind of gain your self respect from how well you're performing and how good you are as a rugby player. That's that's yeah. You have to be completely addicted to uh, and throw sort of your whole your whole your whole life. Uh, yeah, you, know, you can't really have you can't really have one foot in, one foot out, can you? You've got no, to be you mentally can't, all you in. Can't like, yeah. all. You've got to go for it. And a lot of people don't make it in sport, not because they're not good enough. But only because they're not willing to make the sacrifices necessarily to actually make it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I played with countless friends that were far, far better rugby players than I ever was, or had the potential to be. Uh, and it's just kind of due to think, you know, what I don't want that lifestyle. I, you know, I, I, I don't want to do it. Um, yeah. We, we, we but yeah. So anyway, I, th- I think I think a lot of people could probably resonate with it, and that's the thing I've kind of come to terms with now. Whether you're a working the public service as a fireman, you've been in the army, you've been a businessman, you've been a doctor. You know, if you retire at 60 years old as a doctor, been in doctor life, what comes with the prestige of being a doctor is massive. Exactly. Yeah. So if, yeah. You, if you're suddenly not John the doctor anymore, then you, you, it must feel like, again, you, you're mourning part of a death in yourself almost. Exactly. It um, comes down to like the oldest like question that philosophers have spoke about for years, that who are you really? Are totally. you your job? Totally. Are you how much money you've got in the bank? What? Who are you as a person? You, yeah, and I think I think I think especially as men, um, we sort of much. I obviously don't want to blanket men and women, but I think men have predominantly sort of take their self-respect from how much money they earn, what their job is, what they do. Yeah, um, status is at the end of the day, like yeah. Yeah, rather than rather than maybe sort of the more empathetic sort of social sort of things that they're giving back in which i believe is which i believe is wrong it's not right but i think we do it anyway yeah and therefore we don't really sit down and sort of really evaluate our thoughts and where we're taking our self-respect from yeah and because of that when we lose it for whatever reason it could be retirement it could be you know you get let go from your job it could be injury like my case whatever reason it is it hits you like a train in you know yeah. from the side it railroads you and I think even more so in your case as well, because it was premature as well, wasn't it? You was well, yeah, by no means was, towards the end of your career. Yeah, but it's interesting because I, I rang one of my friends, um, Danny Tickle, who's like a, a kind of a bit of a legend in the game, and sort of almost like crying to him down on the phone, just saying, listen, bloody hell, mate, like, I, just, I wish it would have been on my terms. And he just laughed down the phone at me, obviously, excuse my French, but he went, you know, you silly wanker. He said, who, who do you know who plays rugby that's finished there on their terms. Ah, right, yeah. said, whether whether it's because of 
injury because they're not good enough anymore um because they're not got, got off the right contract for logistical reasons like family or whatever yeah you're talking the absolute one percent that play the grand final stand in front of the stadium with a trophy and say thanks boys that's the wrong step. Step. yeah you know it, it doesn't happen you know at, at the end of the day whatever job you've got with as i said you're a fireman a nurse even in the army um build a doctor businessman whatever it is um you, you're not re- you're never ready for it ending yeah um, my, my father-in-law, you know, a really um, successful businessman, I think he, he spoke to me so many times about um, how much he now struggles. You know, a guy that, you know, a lot of people would visit, to look at as a, you know, he's got so much success. He's, you know, he's, he's, he's earned you know, loads of money, a successful company. He's got a great loving family, mm-hmm. all these things. But he says he still wakes up every morning with anxiety, sort of, you know, suffers from depression and all yeah. these different things. He won't mind me saying because he's an advocate of this message and then uh and he, and it just shows how much of a purpose and how much self-respect you gain from your job but i think my point is how you define success as well isn't it yeah yeah wow. which, which i think so for the for my point i think very early on my message would be that we need to start thinking about what defines us as as, as uh what 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 creates our self-respect is it yeah. really important to get that right and I think we need to start thinking about what we're doing and how much we're giving back rather than what we're achieving in ourselves. I think that's, mm-hmm. that's the crucial thing that I've, um, I suppose found. Yeah. So, you know, how, how much are you giving? Well, and that could be anything that could be on any, on any level. It could be in terms of love with family. It could be to friends. It could be how much you're giving back to the team you play for, to the, mm-hmm. to the players around you. Uh, um, it could be in your work. It could be, when am I making those extra little efforts for people? When yeah. am I going out of the way, doing things that I don't need to do? What's not in my job description? I think we can see that a lot more in the in the circumstances we find ourselves in now, can't we? Do you know what I mean? Totally. People are asking, like, we can't, we can't, we can't solve the epidemic. We're not doctors, we're not nurses. What can we do? You could go around to your neighbour, see if they need any food from the yeah, shop if yeah, they're isolated. Totally, I think we're a bit to sort of a philosophy I've got into at the moment with you know, the last several months, like stoicism, but I'll come yeah. on to that in a second. I think that ultimately you're right. And I think what, what people forget is that if you start taking your self-respect from what you're giving in life, then naturally the things you want, you get close to anyway. So for example, in rugby, let's say if I pride, if I, I didn't do this, this is where I think I went wrong a little bit. If I was to take, have my time again and, I was to pride myself on not necessarily how well I played at the weekend, yeah. but how much I had done in that week for my play for the players that I was playing with. How many times has I asked the question of how how they how they doing that day? Mm-hmm. Had I filled the water bottles up? Had I you know you know gone yeah. got a protein for somebody? Had I sort of worked a little bit extra harder to make a tackle that I didn't really need to make in training just to give someone a bit a bit of a break? Yeah, yeah. And I think all these incremental efforts of the sort of selflessness if I had done, I believe would have spiraled this positive sort of blanket in which I would have naturally had a better game at the weekend anyway. Not yeah. because because the players would have wanted to work harder for me around me. Yeah, you put that positive of, energy out there, aren't you? So you get it back, don't you? Those vibrations, I think the coaches would have seen. I don't think those sort of actions go unnoticed. And mm-hmm. they would have thought, you know what? You didn't have the best game at the weekend, but actually the way you applied yourself throughout the week... I've noticed that this guy, this guy, and this guy have actually mentioned how brilliant, how positive you've been in our team. Yeah. 
Yeah. Therefore, even though you've not had your best game, I'm still going to play it the weekend. Yeah. And I think. Did you actually, notice anybody else doing that? Looking back, did you? Yeah, I did. Notice other people doing that. Yeah, I did. A little, little, little ones, and you know what? They were the same players in the team every week. Mm-hmm. And now, my first reaction to those players, looking back, from a very sort of self-absorbed mindset, was he was shit at the weekend. He, you know, he, he was, he was, he was, he wasn't. How was he playing? Yeah. And actually, from sort of an older head now, and more kind of an objective perspective, I'm thinking he was the same bloke who made me a cup of coffee. <laughs> he was, he was the same bloke who was being accountable for everything. Yeah. If there was a video I saw make a mistake, he would never be the one that put his hand up and said, oh, I'm, I'm, you know, I, that wasn't me or that blaming someone else. Mm-hmm. He, was always, he was always that person, maybe always putting the gym, away, gym equipment away. Yeah. Whereas when we were a bit tired, I might leave the dumbbell out. And, you know, obviously I don't want to name names, but it's not a coincidence now looking back that those players are the ones that played every week. It's yeah. not a coincidence that they're the players that not necessarily you could now say are the best, the best players to play the game, but they're still the players that have played international Mm-hmm, they're the one mm-hmm. no one's got a bad word to say against. And I when think, you talk about when you talk about like percentages in it, they will go in that extra percentage just to, even if it's down to putting that dumbbell away or making yeah, some yeah, yeah. cup of coffee, the extra percentage yeah, that tiny little needed. incremental things that yeah. you know that, that actually aspire to be this, make them the man they are. Yeah. And if you ask anyone about those blokes, kind of, they've got the guys I've got in my head that, that mm-hmm. are those that did those things. You, you won't, people won't say, oh, you know, what do you think he was like? People won't turn around and go, oh, he's an amazing rugby player. People will probably turn around and go, what a great bloke. What a great guy. Yeah. Uh, people always said, oh, you won't, people won't remember what you do, but they'll remember how you make them feel. Yeah. yeah. I like that. I love that. And I think it's so true. And yeah. I think, you know, in a, in a team sport, being good at your sport only goes a certain way. And I think, and I think in rugby, I think in, in any team sport, but I think probably in any sports, uh, but again, it's definitely team sports. Uh, you look at Leicester, Leicester City in football, like a few seasons, seasons ago, how well they did. Didn't have the best players. You mm-hmm. see all over the shop. You see it in the All Blacks rugby union team. Yeah, yeah. Where you know their philosophy is, I need to make sure that not I want to be the best player every week, but when I receive my All Blacks jersey when I give it back for whatever reason, when the next player takes it off me, I want to make sure that jersey is in a better condition than when I left yeah. it. Yeah. And, and that sort of culture is... Good philosophy, I'm not yeah. These, yeah, philosophy. Not, I'm not picking these blokes because they're the best every week, but I'm picking these blokes because of the best blokes. Yeah, yeah. And naturally, the rugby will be a byproduct of that. Just holding yourself to a higher standard, isn't it? In life, yeah. in general, so, rather than the, the sport you find yourself in, the job. Well, this is it. And and, and obviously we're talking about sport now, but I believe that can transfer into business. I believe that how you, how you look at, you know, my, my, um, uh, fiance, she's got, you know, she's got her own company and she preaches the same thing. And and it's in a few sort of business groups and things like that. And it is something that's massively a bit of a bit of a turn. I think as the best businesses around at the moment and the the most successful companies Mm -hmm. have amazing cultures. Yeah, uh, and and they're really tight knit families, and they're they're, they're 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 people that are willing to go out their way for each other and inspire each other and help each other out. Do these little efforts again, the little coffees, the the you know how how are you, and being made to feel in a happy place and a supportive Definitely. place. And it's the word you and, use then as culture. I think that's an important word. Yeah. I mean, the culture that you create within your business or your 
your team or whatever it is, the culture, yeah. it's a great word. And yeah. that's the foundation. I think ultimately, if you get that right, whatever business you're in, you're going to be more successful. Yeah. I think time bomb, if your culture is not good enough and people aren't happy and people don't feel loved and people don't yeah. feel supported, then you, people will either leave or they're not going to work as hard as they want, you want them to work. And ultimately, they're, they're not going to, they're not going to dip their toe into to that success. They'll turn up, they'll cross the, you know, tick a box and they'll go home. Definitely. And you want people in any business, in any job, to be good and to be loved and to be happy and, and, and supported. But ultimately, that starts always from the top. Yeah. So I read a great, yeah. a great example of that was I was reading uh, Alex Ferguson's biography. Well, yeah, yeah I guess. What he used to do, what, what he used to do was uh, he'd, he'd sub a, a top player because he wanted to see the reaction in the dugout. So he'd sub yeah. a top player and then his, his second in command would watch the dugout. And if the team scored or did well or whatever, he'd watch who was, who was for the team in the dugout. And if, say, the person, an individual sat down and didn't react when something good happened for the team, the next yeah. season did, did be gone. Well, it's, it, it, it's, it's funny because I think the same tactic was used again by the All Blacks. I forgot right. the coach's name. But basically, he did a video review of the game and he didn't review, he didn't, he hadn't, he didn't film any footage of the whole match. And all he filmed was a dugout. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and all he did was review the responses from the subs and obviously also the players that hadn't even been picked. So it was like mm -hmm. the non subs that were sitting above the, the dugouts. Yeah. So all he was doing was watching their reactions. <laughs> and obviously, every time, if someone made a mistake, dropped a pass, dropped a ball, if they were supported having a go, having a dig, um, that was obviously something to acknowledge. And I think it was a really interesting point that quality, you know, don't feel like you're on the pitch. What's, what involvement are you having? Again, that can transfer into work. Are you willing to be accountable for your little corner of the world and, and try and inspire and help people out around you? Definitely. Even if you, you can't control or manipulate these sort of massive changes in your life or yeah, in yeah. the world. But actually just making the little, um, little, your little corner of the world a little bit better. And, and, yeah. and that being the thing that defines you rather than necessarily how, what your job is. Or, or how much you're earning, or all these things. Um, like I, I said, so. it, it, it is easy to say all this, but it is difficult to do it. And, it, and, it, and I think for me, it's taken more or less a year of my life going through sort of this morbid process of dealing with like a death of part of me, or what I thought at the time was 99% of me, yeah. to actually come to terms with this. And I think that it's quite common in life that you have to go through sort of something traumatic or something painful to, to, to make a change. Um, but I would urge people that feel they aren't completely happy or complete or, you know, really struggling with anxiety or in their jobs or feel like they're, they're not loved at their work rather than sort of taking their self-respect from what they're doing, just kind of trying to make their little corner of the world a little bit better. Um, yeah. and, and what you'll find by doing that is that naturally you'll start to put these vibrations out there the sort of come back on you a little bit. I it think will so, definitely. This little positive spiral where you feel like a sense of purpose and worth yeah. that is irrespective of what your job or what you're actually doing. It's all about just kind of these little incremental sort of things that you're, um, and sort of actions you're taking that are just yeah. trying to help people out and giving back, So I yeah. suppose. I think that's where, like you've used that word a few times now, incremental, and that's that the, the whole idea behind the, the sort of CIC that I've created is called incremental gains because... Yeah, yeah. If you try and improve yourself just 1% every day, whether that's emotionally, um, your relationships that you have in your job, 
just 1% little increases, incremental gains over, over a six yeah. month period. They'll just, they'll, you'll, you'll flourish and thrive, won't you? Yeah. And I think it's true. I remember that Al Capone speech in the, um, I've forgotten what film it was now. Um, talking about inches. Oh, that's uh, uh, Al Pacino in uh, any given. Pacino, so now Al Capone, what we're talking about. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, even back, I remember being, you know, a kid. Mate, next to you, stand up on the back of your neck when you hear that speech as well. You know what? Even though that's in a film, that message still stands. And I think it can transfer anything. Life is a game of inches. It really is. Um, But yeah, anyway, so I kind of obviously went through this sort of process of mourning, I suppose, and coming to terms with actually losing this, my identity and my purpose in my life and everything that made me what I associate with being a man um, and sort of provider to my kids, my family, etc. Um, so, but I'm a very sort of practical sort of person. I like, I like, uh, you know, a typical sort of bloke, I suppose, where I like a conclusion, I like answers. I like being able to do something about things. I don't like the mm-hmm. areas, um, of stuff. And I suppose at the time, the first thing that I would say is that if you're going through something like that, and it could be a death of a family member, it could be, you, you know, it's similar to me that you've gone through um, you've lost your job for whatever reason. Uh, you play. You might be a young sportsman. You've got injured. And you can't carry on. Yeah. Anyone listening to this that, that can resonate with that sort of feeling that I went through, I think my first piece of advice would be just to accept the pain, just to accept that you're okay to be in pain and you're allowed to hurt a lot. Yeah. Because I yeah. think first thing that I went through was I was looking constantly for things to be happy and constantly way to just feel better and to get rid of this pain that I was feeling. And it wasn't until sort of a friend of mine said, you, you're all right to just be really pissed off. If I was going through what you went through, I'd be crying every day, mate. Yeah. I can't imagine it. And it was not until he said that, that I was a bit like, yeah, I kind of, I am allowed to be annoyed. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think that was the sort of first stepping stone in the process to getting better that mm-hmm. thought, yeah, I'm allowed to cause pain. And I think sort of the, so today, my, my first piece of advice to anyone who's sort of going through that thing is you are allowed to be absolutely gutted, devastated, feel like your life is over, feel like everything in your body hurts, feel like you're just never going to be happy again. Yeah. All of these things are completely natural and normal. Um, and, and, and just admitting that to yourself is already will be a huge weight off your shoulders. Because it's a very, it's, um, it's a very, I know you mentioned it before, but a very stoic way of, going about it in it being objective yeah. and just accepting the situation that you're in and, and, and allowing yourself just yeah. to be really to be in pain like we're, we're humans like the, the the thing that makes us human is being able to love be able to feel emotion be able to enjoy, have pleasure have pain all these things it's it's all part of the same process we're here on a bit of a holiday yeah you know for a hundred years if we're lucky <laughs> and you know it, we we have to just accept that what comes all the good bits is going to be some really horrific bad bits as well. Um, and some of, and you know, life isn't fair. Some of us are a hell of a lot more lucky than other people. Um, people in this world, in, in our country, you know, in, in sort of the first world are a lot luckier than other people. And, Gosh, you, yeah. and it's all relative. Aware, isn't it? you can, it's, totally. And I think all these events, you know, we're incredibly lucky to even be here. I think it's like, you know, 72 trillion to one chance that you, know, you even exist as, as, that being that sperm hitting that egg that, that were even here. So it's funny you mentioned that because we was I can't remember what, what night it was, but because we've had pretty decent weather recently, haven't we? We stood out stood outside the other night with my wife and uh, we were just looking up, waiting for the dog 
to um, sort of run around for a little bit before she came in to go to bed. And it was a dead clear night and there was loads of stars and it's stars that I've never really noticed before were so bright, whether or not that's because the pollution's not going around because there's no flights and all that. But yeah, lots of stars knocking about and you just think, how irrelevant are we really? Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Our problems that we've got are, are pretty think, irrelevant think, when you think of what's going on in the universe well, and all I think, that. I think it's interesting because you can have two perspectives on that. You can have the one perspective that with these small, tiny, minute beings that are just here. Um, but uh, again, as you said, just just a sm such a small, infinitely small part of what, of what actually exists. But at the same time, we're such an infinitely, massively lucky to be here. And to, it's to special be, in a way, doesn't it? Yeah, we're, um, you know, we're so lucky to be in this to be experiences right now, yeah, and to feel these feelings. And going back to my point, yeah, I was hurting like bad, like I thought my you know, I would break every bone in my body, you know, to, to be able to get better and play rugby mm -hmm. again. I, you know, and I still feel like that now. I still can't watch rugby, I still see mates put posts out of, of playing and stuff like that and you know it makes it, it's gut-wrenching it's horrible yeah. um and, and what i give to that but again my first phase and, always, and i think there'll be other people again people that have retired people have had jobs that can all say the same thing they wish that they could have that business again they you know speaking about my father-in-law he wishes he could experience the bill you know growing that business again and selling it and having all yeah. that sort of protests and that thing you know that that is that is what gives them gives you purpose and excitement in life but ultimately, so you're allowed to be upset about that. So that is the first sort of thing you've got to do. I can't stress that enough. Acceptance. You're allowed to be upset. <laughs> so what's next? Well, for me, people obviously talk a lot about trying to get be motivated to get better and to kind of do things to breed positivity. And I, for me, I believe that motivation is always intrinsic. I don't believe that anyone can make you do anything in life. You're only ever going to do things because you want to do it. Yeah. That's it. And I think, therefore, motivation is fundamentally intrinsic. You're only going to do something if you actually want to do it. Mm -hmm. But on that note, I think what we all can be is inspired. Inspired yeah. by by inspired by something and through inspiration, we can then motivate ourselves and we can be motivated and become motivated. And I was aware of that. And uh, I was looking obviously on Instagram on social media at the time. And I was thinking, obviously I, I had no job, I had no income. And I started to think, obviously started to see a lot of messages following people for the sake of for trying to take some sort of, um, be accountable for, for the pain I was feeling. Okay, okay, well, what am I going to do about it? And I just tried to claw and find inspiration where I could, I suppose. Um, and Ross Edgerly was a guy at the time, if you've heard of him. Yeah, I have, yes. I've spoken quite a bit about him on the last few episodes and that, yeah. Yeah, he, he's sort of awesome adventure, guy, yeah. adventure. Um, and he really resonated with me. And I and I he was at the time swimming around the UK yeah, and he was docu yeah. documenting it. And obviously I was in a lot of pain, but sort of for playing rugby for a living, I could sort of identify with bloody hell, what you know, this is amazing what he's going through, the pain he must be going through every day sort of isolation and as he was blogging and talking about things he mentioned about being you know stoicism and yeah. the stoic philosophy and again I'm, I'm by no means an expert in it I've only been doing it for several months um but what I took from it was that it's this ancient philosophy which ultimately the under the underpinning sort of thing about it is that you accept what you're not in control of and you become accountable for what you can control and yeah. and, and that's fundamentally it so I was like, okay, well, you know, what, what can I control? What can I do? And I believe there was two avenues for me, one in business 
um, obviously being able to tackle people at run at people isn't a very transferable skill um, <laughs> and CV. So there was, I was limited to what jobs I could do. I knew I had a passion for training. Um, about six months before that, I'd sold my gym that I kind of grew over like six years of Centurion Fitness to my best mate, Tommy. Um, so obviously, I couldn't turn around to my best mate and go, oh, give me my gym back. Yeah, of course, um, yeah. <laughs> his heart and soul into like taking it to the next level, which he did. Yeah, he's killing it. So I was fundamentally in a position where I thought, no job, got nothing. And I couldn't even thought, thought to fall back on that. And the reason why I had fallen back on that is because obviously I was... Um, you know, full-time rugby. I didn't want to kind of burn the band to ha- a candle at both ends. Yeah. So what I thought was, okay, well, this, this, is, this, is my, this is what I'm passionate about. It's my purpose. So how can I, on a large scale, try and send across this message about fitness? And, but ultimately, in a way that is to try and improve your mental health. Because at the time I was training, I was the only reason I was training at that point and the only reason training was giving me any sense of purpose is because it was relieving my stress. So all this pain I was feeling and turmoil in my mind, um, I was coping with by going to the gym and basically flogging myself for an hour or whatever and coming home and feeling a little bit better and distracting myself for a bit, but also getting the endorphin rush and sort of taking out, creating my own stress and then not looking for it in other places. Yeah. Ultimately. Right. Uh, So I thought, okay, well this, this works brilliantly for me. A lot of people talk about yoga and talk about meditation. Um, but I feel that I like very sort of pragmatic sort of physical approaches. For me, sitting down and being aware of my thoughts, even though I think there's a place for it, fundamentally for me, when I'm feeling my most anxious and my most stressed, I need a bit of a, a bit of a war. I need a bit of a, I need a real sort of physical output to get me to feeling back calm again. And I think right. that a lot of people resonate with that. And I think it's important that you find what works for you and what doesn't. But I also believe that whilst there was a lot of stuff kind of going out there on the app market for people that to, to the calm and sort of meditation areas, I believe that, well, what about just intense 10, 15 minute workouts that are giving, that are giving you what you want. So obviously I looked yeah. at, I looked, I looked at it a little bit and I found, right, well, there's thousands of stuff out there. There is just, you know, there is millions of fitness apps out there with this connotation of like, you can build your own workout. You've got a training team, what to do, mm-hmm. whatever. But what there wasn't was uh, audio personal training, which is essentially a real life trainer, a real bloke, a real woman that is suffering with mental health themselves, trains for exactly the same reasons yeah. that the person that's going to use it is going to be training for. And that person, i.e. me, uh, and the business partner, Tommy, exactly the same reasons trains for, basically we create these workouts and we talk the people through it in real time, taking through every step of the way. Right. Um, and and, that, and that, that was the concept. And obviously we built that and that's going out in a few months. So that was sort of the business end. And I thought, right, well, I can throw myself into that. Um, I had a bit of savings, you know, from rugby that I thought, yeah. right, well, you know what, I'm that, that's what, that's what I'm now going to do. But obviously, from a physical standpoint, sort of my own sort of personal health and development outside of business, I was going to the gym and I was and I was feeling that, yeah, this is this is great, but it was limited. I believe that for me, getting better at bench press for the sake of getting good at bench press is ultimately boring, and, <laughs> yeah. and, and it just didn't it didn't inspire me. It didn't do anything for me. So after kind of three or four months of sort of training for the training's sake 
I felt demotivated. I felt like, what's the point in this? I, I didn't feel I like... I suppose it's like when you, was, when you was in your rugby career, you, the, 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 the weights and the training is a means to an end, isn't it? To perform better on course, the field. Yeah, you, get, you, you want to do bench press because you want to get better at running over people. Or yeah. you, you, know, you, you squat more because you want to be able to output that and transfer that strength onto the rugby field. So, so once that's me, gone, what's, what's the goal now? Yeah, That's it. And actually, what I've, what I've found now by developing Reba is... I don't. I believe everyone should have a purpose in terms of fitness. I believe that training for training's sake is never going to be something that people can stick to. Mm-hmm. It's the same ethos as someone losing weight for the sake of losing weight. It, it, you, it, you're never ever going to be um, happy, and, yeah. and it's, it's not a goal that's that's going to be healthy in, in, in the long term. So for me, I thought, well, okay, well, recognised it. I thought, well, I have to now find something that I can train for. So I came up with a few ideas, obviously because Ross Edgley was inspiring me at the time. I thought, oh yeah, you know what, I'll do this sort of adventure sort of thing and go yeah. running. I found a couple of ideas and um, right, I'll run up and pulling my messes up a, you know, a mountain <laughs> or like do a, do, a, do a marathon carrying my kids or like these sort of individual sports. Again, yeah. taking inspiration of Ross Edgley. Started going on a few runs and it's killed me. And I just, <laughs> thought, I just thought this is just not for me. I, I cannot do it. One, because I wasn't enjoying it physically. The other two, I wasn't very good at it, didn't, didn't like it. And three, because I've obviously, I enjoy team sport. And I, that's obviously something I, I worked out for trying to do this individual thing. Yeah. Like being part of a team. I like having banter with, with a sort of other blokes. I think the camaraderie involved in it all, yeah. Totally. And I think that, that, that goes a lot further than the actual sport. I believe that having that communication with other men you know, as a young man and being able to talk and, and yeah. socialise gives you a lot more than you realise. Um, and I think that I would, you know, it could be, you know, a book club, it could be it could be yeah. a cycling group, it could be whatever it whatever It comes it down be. to how we how we evolve to be part of a tribe, didn't it? And we're part Absolutely. of a tribe, what's our role within that tribe? How significant are we within that tribe? And it's just about connection, isn't it? And we're never oh, going to yeah, get away from that. Yeah. Absolutely. And I believe, therefore, that it's important that you you do become part of a tribe and it's you know, obviously everyone wants to be part of a different tribe. But when you find the yeah. one you'll like, you'll also realize that people in that specific tribe are like-minded to you and, yeah. and, and therefore you will feel that you fit in and you comfort. But it does, for me, it, it took, it took a while. Like I was, again, I started running up hills on my own. I was doing different things. Um, I joined a five-a-side football yeah. group and within um, like, do you know what I mean, I just, just it, on a different not, point. Sorry, sorry to interrupt you, mate. But you, you look at Ross Edgeley and the build on him, and he goes barefoot running and all this. I know. How, is he just a, an outlier? Is he an anomaly? I, I, I think, I think for him, he he is trying to really inspire people, I suppose, like me and and, and people out there that are suffering, and show what the human body is actually capable yeah. of. He's dispelling all these myths, isn't he? That you don't need to be long and lean to be a good swimmer. He, he, no, he self-admits I, I, that he's built like a little hobbit, but yeah, he's and, and, yeah, and ultimately, like the the, the the art, the the art of resilience, which is one of his books. I think he's he's written becoming resilient in your mindset, and yeah. it is is so crucial. And it it being able to be like that transfers so much into other things in your life, which at the time you don't realise until it actually starts influencing you. I've listened to a few interviews of him of him recently and um, one of the things that he repeats over and over again in certain interviews that he's been in is when he was swimming around Great Britain 
and it was six hours on, six hours off, wasn't it? Swimming, yeah. six hours eating, and then all to, all to get the tides correct and that. And he said, on certain days when he was swimming around like the north of Scotland, all he had to do physically was get in the water. If he got in the water, he'd cover 20 miles because of the tide. But to yeah. get in that water, it was icy. He had cuts on his neck. His tongue was swelled up. And he had, yeah. all he had to do was have the resilience to get up, put the wetsuit on and get in the water. So just sometimes getting up, getting out of bed, seizing oh, the day that, is enough, that, isn't that, it? That, absolutely. And I think that's his, that's his main point. Like obviously, yeah. he's doing it on this absolute top level um, to, to, try to, to, to inspire people. But his message, I believe, is for people that, you know, just putting your trainers on and getting in the car and going to the gym yeah. is a huge hurdle. That is getting in the water. That is that same when you're on those is, really, yeah. that really depressed day where you don't want to wake up, you don't want to face life. Just getting up and making your bed is is the start. That again, yeah. that's getting in, getting in the water. Um, and and I think the, how how. And I think asking yourself is a good way of being, you know, affirmating your self, your self-respect and building self-confidence. We talked about initially, um, how many times are you stepping in the water today? How many mm. times have I stepped in the water? You know, how many times have I really not wanted to do something, but just done it anyway. And the more you do that, the more yourself, you put yourself in the deep end in life, the better you get. Definitely. The difficulty is as, as, as I always preach kind of personal training for the last 10 years or so, when you're in good nick and you're feeling fit, it's easy to go to the gym. The hardest part to go to the gym is when you've not trained in four months, you're overweight and you're not feeling healthy. It is incredibly difficult at that point in your life to actually get in the water. And I yeah. think that people often have this misconception that it's much harder. You know, well, you're unfit. You're at, you know, you've been eating healthy. Why don't you want to go to the gym? Should just go. You can see mm -hmm. you're unhealthy. You can see you're overweight, which they're completely missing the point. That yeah. person is so much harder. It's you know infinitely hard for that person than the person who's feeling fantastic, who's probably already trained twice that day, yeah, who's yeah, eating yeah. his macros and tracked his macros. For that person, it's easy because he's got so much confidence in what he does. Yeah, and so he's built momentum as well, haven't they? They've built that momentum totally. that they just keep building on it. So how do you start to how do you start to get the the other side of the coin? Those people who, who haven't trained for ages, how do you get them back into it then? So as I said, so it's, first thing you accept that you're feeling this pain. So I think this pain can be transferred over to someone in that exact scenario, mm -hmm. sitting on the sofa, feeling like, you know what? Oh my God, I'm four months done nothing. I feel horrific. What you know? But I just haven't got the confidence at all to do, do anything about it. What do I do? Well, you, again, the first, second thing, the first thing you accept that you're allowed to feel really painful about that. You're allowed to be really upset in that situation, and you're allowed to feel gutted. Uh, yeah, you, you can feel all those things. I think it's important. That's the first thing you have to do. You have to accept it. Second thing is you have to look for inspiration. So you have to be inspired by something because ultimately the only reason you're ever going to go to the gym or go and do a hobby or join a physical tribe, I'll call it, is because you're inspired to actually go and do it in the first place. Yeah. So I would then you you know social media has a negative connotation for a lot of reasons these days but actually it can do a lot of good if you start going on social media and even from that couch that you're sitting on being upset start searching in your local area for hobbies for sports or you start reaching out to people and you're making an effort and you make those sort of dip your toe in by actually putting a status on facebook it might be you know what i feel awful i really want to train i really want to start something new and do something is there anyone out there that can help me or give me some advice 
Yeah. Now, what you won't, will be surprised with is that strangers in life will give more to you than sometimes your best mates will. And if you put something like that status out on Facebook, you'll probably get at least three or four comments that are saying, you know, it might be a table tennis club, it might be a gym, it might be a jiu-jitsu club, it might be wherever to go, yeah, I've got this, why don't you come down and, and, and try it? And just from building those connections and reaching out, you know, with a bit of an olive branch, you will straight away sort of allow people to gravitate towards you that will start helping you and providing ladders to get out of this hole that you're already in. Yeah. But trying to, trying to scramble out of this hole on the road is going to be incredibly difficult. So, you, so my, my point is you have to look to be inspired and that's not just going to come. You have to start trying to find inspiration. Yeah, you can use that again by lots of different ways. But I would I would argue the first point of contact these days is social media because it's such a great way to find all these things. People are, you know, always want to help people out. So once you found that inspiration, ultimately the key to it is then to, to stay motivated. For me, is the self recognition of success. So you know, I think the best way to kind of describe it is, is my personal experience. So obviously, I was finding I've been to this five aside football club i do all these mad things that i just hated doing yeah and a few, a few of my friends had mentioned jujitsu um i'd never done it before i turned up to to, to, to your place obviously gracie bauer and lee and for an hour i felt like i was in a we'll have to edit that because it's roger gracie roger gracie roger gracie roger, <laughs> well, roger Gra sorry roger gracie and lee it's all right, mate. and uh sorry mate and uh yeah i felt like i was in a tumble dryer for an hour and i felt like <laughs> I had always accredited myself with thought, you know what, I'm a rugby player, you know, I'm a, I'm a bit of a, you know, I'm, I'm strong, I'm physical, I'm yeah, fit, yeah. I can play to most, to most blokes out there and sort of pride myself on that physicality and fitness. And that, as I said before, was sort of what I kind of identified as being masculine and being manly, mm -hmm. um, which obviously has changed now. But I turned up to this session and dad's twice my age and boys half my age were <laughs> wrapping me in knots and taking the piss out of me and yeah. <laughs> it was probably the most humbling experience of my life um, Be beautiful thing isn't it <laughs> and yeah absolutely and I just thought this is absolutely incredible and some people might listen to that and go how is that incredible and some people will go I, I absolutely know what you mean and it's yeah. brilliant yeah and, and I think that you're either that way inclined or that way inclined and I'm not expecting juicy for everyone but for people that it is, it will change your life. Like yeah. Ultimately, not on a physical level, not, not just on a physical level, sorry, but also on a mental level. Because I then suddenly found I am now at a starting block again in my life. I've got this sort of white belt mentality, which is I love, which is determined to jiu jitsu, where yeah. I'm on the start of a journey again. And yeah, I was still in pain from rugby. I still am. I still hate it. But suddenly I'd find a tribe of men that, that from all walks of life, different ages, different abilities yeah. that were kind, that were, that were showing me love, that were, that, that had no ego, that, that all were about just getting better and kind of fulfilling this human desire and need to become better. Yeah. And, 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 and for me, that was sort of such a mind, like sort of change mindset for me. It was like, wow, this is now the, I think everyone will find their thing. Yeah, but just as I did, you've got to look for it. It's not going to yeah, come. Definitely. It, 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 it takes the running up the mountain and hating out yourself and turning up to the five-a-side football to 
then realize they help for you. But if I hadn't have done those things, I would never have turned up to the jujitsu session. I would have just stayed on the sofa. Yeah. You know, it's really sorry for that. Ultimately, it, it, I found my inspiration. But the, my point, my point being that inspiration, after you've accepted that you're in a pain for whatever reason, lack of job, feeling unfit, feeling unhealthy, whatever it might be, your life's not just going to change. Yeah. You, once you've accepted that you're in a pain, your way of, in this stoic approach, taking control of what you can control whilst being aware of the uncontrollable that's causing you pain is actively seeking inspiration. Yeah. And once you're inspired, you will become motivated. Because mm -hmm. for me, I try to inspire myself for these runs, going to the five-a-side football, doing these other things. And ultimately, I wasn't motivated. I didn't go back because it didn't inspire me. I turned up to a jiu-jitsu session. For me, I was hooked. I was inspired yeah. straight away. And therefore, because I believe motivation is intrinsic, I then motivated myself to think, right, I want to go back. And then suddenly you start going. And then again, what I'll come on to my point is then, how do I continue with that? Well, for me, motivation, this is a quote from Tony Robbins. Um, the key to motivation is a self-recognition of success. And what obviously that means is that if you can see that the efforts you're applying to something is having a result that you can actually personally recognize, right. then you'll keep making more of the effort to get more of the same result. If yeah, you yeah. can't see that the efforts you're applying to something is having a result that you can actually recognize, then why would you be motivated to continue making mm -hmm. more effort mm -hmm. to do it? So and now going back, to your, going back to your point before then, so you now you've got a reason to go to the gym and train because you want to maybe get better at jiu-jitsu. That's your Absolutely. reason now. Yeah. So, so I'm on my kind of start line. I've been inspired to start this, I suppose, this long journey, this race, on yeah. this new path. And right from the get-go, all I'm focusing on then is, okay, well, what's my first step? And obviously, because it's something so new, I found that I kind of got, got better quite quickly. Um, that very, very quickly slowed down after about a month. And I yeah, realized how you reached that plateau. Yeah. And anyone, anyone who's done jujitsu before will, will, will absolutely resonate with what I mean by that. And I'm sure that's just going to get worse and worse. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you, you, you feel straight away, I'm getting better. I might have this little kind of move that I can do better, or I might just kind of something might fit. Or mm -hmm. I also found, as you quite rightly put it, is I thought, brilliant, I now can go to the gym with a reason. You know, I want to get my core stronger because I want to be able to control someone on the floor better. Okay, well, what sort of gym exercises can I be doing to come up with that? And I've actually like, yeah. written a program specifically for that um, just because I've become so passionate inspired by it. But as I said, my, my main point would be to first recognize this pain and accept it. Second, you've got to actively look for inspiration. And once you find that inspiration, you will naturally be motivated by, by keep going because if you enjoy it and you like that thing that you like being part of that tribe yeah then you'll notice that you start getting better as you apply the efforts and that will keep you motivated to keep doing it mm -hmm. now my i think the final point i probably would make on, on that whole journey that there's sort of this umbrella overarching everything so this that three-stage process i suppose is the fact that you 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 fundamentally are a product of the people you spend time with yeah, definitely. And, and, and I believe, therefore, you've got to be absolutely uh, meticulous in regards to who you choose to spend that time with. Um, and if you are someone that is suffering right now, you know, in that state of absolute turmoil and, 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 and pain and you just don't want to be here or you just feel like, what is the point? Um, or you're hurting because it's like a job, whatever. 
just look around you straight away and look around you. Who are these people around me in my life? And it might be people that you can't change. It might be people that, you know, might be someone you live with you can't change. You might not mm-hmm. have control over that. But it's important you just first of all recognize who those people are. Are they happy people? Are they healthy people? Are they motivated people? Um, are they supportive? Uh, you know, are they, have they got a good work ethic? Are they driven? All, all these sort of questions to ask yeah. yourself. Because you, I think, again, Tony Robbins makes the point that you are sort of an average of the five people you spend most time with. And it, it, it's quite important, therefore, that when you're feeling this, if you do want to seek inspiration in things or find your inspiration, I suppose, it's important that when you join this tribe that you hopefully find inspiration from, you look around you straight away and you start to think, okay, who are, what are these people like? Yeah. You might join a football club and you find, you know what, I really like football. This is brilliant. This five-a-side football. Go on about it a few times. But actually, if you stop and think after a few sessions, these guys aren't very nice people. Or I feel a little bit like it's my gut's telling me I'm not, I'm not yeah. really going to get on with yeah. people. Then you need to withdraw yourself and, and actually be, be actively conscious about making decisions to kind of get away from that so like again from my from my experience i sort of joined uh your jiu-jitsu club dave and straight away i found that people were offering sort of this love support and friendship that was something i'd only ever experienced in certain rugby teams and certain players and ultimately straight away i believe that these are people that i want to be more like these are people that are trying to become better yeah i'm you know people are at different levels some people have got you know purple purple belts blue belts been doing it for two three years some yeah. people have only been for a few weeks but ultimately everyone's here to get better and i want to get better as a person so straight away yeah. i want to be more like that those people yeah second thing these people are showing love and support they're not they haven't got an ego they're not acting this sort of manly sort of brutal brutal sort of um sort of mindsets which i suppose that i've fallen into this this, this chasm of, of, of trying to identify myself as a man through those sort of personality traits. Yeah. And, and these sort of blokes that I was hanging around with in the jiu-jitsu club were very much different, very more, much more humble, no yeah. ego. What was, your, what was your mindset going into it? What did you think it was going to be like? Because obviously it carries it with be, it, I think. Go on, sorry. I believe, yeah, sorry, I believe it was much more confrontational. Yeah. I believe my, my sort of uh, naive... Uh, vision of sort of martial arts was it's going to be either on one level very very confrontational and aggressive and sort of back into the the fight of rugby league you know professional rugby league yeah and on the other scale my or it's going to be this sort of airy fairy non-contact sport that i'm i'm just gonna think it's a bit pathetic yeah and i saw that for me there was no middle no middle ground and it was amazing for me that actually it was almost like the the person the, the personification of absolute both of them coming together at the right time so you had this one level sort of this controlled conflict element this sort of warring element that i that i yearn for that i I take a look you know this sort of tumble dryer uh analogy (laughs) rolling around with your dad but you know when you're about eight years old yeah uh, that that sort of fight which i which i love but at the same time this sort of real respect and love and humbleness that comes with it yeah. And I think that um, I think that mixed martial arts and sort of jujitsu as a sport has has got a bit of a reputation for being overtly aggressive and sort of things. And actually, it's only when you get more into the world that you realise that 
actually it's the complete opposite you these are some yeah. of the most humble blokes you'll meet in your life and it's almost that the better you get the higher grade you are as a, as a black belt the the, the you know the, the better an a fighter you are i suppose the more the more humble you are as a bloke yeah you, uh, have, a, you uh, have a healthier ego i think don't you yeah it's almost and I, and I think obviously that transfers into other things in life if you had a successful business or you know you, you you've had success in other areas you don't feel like you need to prove something yeah uh, uh, but 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 also i do believe that there's other people who are in the um sort of dojo or training room at roger gracie who obviously not even there for a few weeks but they were still showing that love and i believe that that culture is almost set and you almost kind of gravitate towards that same ethos and that culture just mm -hmm. by being part of that group while that yeah. tribe, as you said. So yeah. even me being someone that came in that had always been an overtly aggressive, sort of angry person that I believe the better rugby player I am is the more aggressive I am and the more angry I become, the better I'll play, which actually in my career at rugby would be no good at all because I ended up spending so much of my career banned for, for incidents, whatever. And actually being an experience like jujitsu where getting angry and aggressive and trying to have this sort of misogynistic male traits that, yeah. that, that I've kind of always used is the complete work, opposite it, yeah. of what you want. Because as soon as you start being like that, it just makes things a hell of a lot worse for you. Yeah. Um, so, so again, like kind of bringing it back home a little bit, it is, for me, that was my inspiration. It was, it was a light bulb in my life that I thought, this is now a new pathway, a new purpose that I can train for, I can go to the gym for, um, and, how I how I believe that other people maybe listening to that can resonate with that is first of all obviously accepting the pain as I said the mm -hmm. second step looking for the inspiration joining a tribe whatever tribe fits and then training for this purpose but it's important that therefore that purpose is this really long-term one there's something yeah. that's a really big thing in their life and don't don't create a purpose to lose weight for a holiday don't 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 create a purpose as I want to be, you know, lose a few pounds, um, you know, over the next month because it's it's a weak purpose. It's, and yeah. you know what? It's like you said before, it's you, you you were talking about the intrinsic reasons doing doing it for holidays and stuff like it's all extrinsic in it. So people look at you and go, totally. oh, you look good, or you you look you've lost weight. That's an extrinsic part totally. of motivation. And, isn't and, it? and you need to find something that really in your soul, in your gut that it has this like fire like i love this and i think i want to use the word love because i think it's so important you have yeah. to absolutely love it and i promise you out there that it might be cycling it might be jujitsu it might be bowls it might be table tennis there mm. will be some form of physical activity that you do or it might be some sort of hobby that you do it could be a book club it could be anything where you join a tribe of people that are like-minded where you find inspiration yeah. and you have this deep love for what you're doing every week and what you're doing <laughs> multiple times a week. And at that point, once you've been inspired to that level, motivation, you don't have to worry about it anymore because you will naturally be motivated to do it because you'll love to do it. It's yeah. like asking, no, do, um, should I be motivated to love my wife? Should I be motivated to love my children? Should, should I be motivated? You, 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 it's, 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 it's a useless word. Yeah. Because ultimately you love your children and you're inspired to love them by being their father or being, being a partner. And therefore the reason why you show love is not because you're trying to motivate yourself to do it. It's just because you want to do it. 
Yeah, of course. And ultimately, yeah. that, that's why you're doing it. So therefore, you have to almost fall in love with the process. And, yeah. that, and falling in love with that process, whatever it is, is what will keep you motivated just by falling in love with it. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I think, that, that therefore, once you sort of found that pathway, you, you kind of acknowledge that to get anything in life, it's always a bit of a roller coaster. There's, there's nothing really in life where you go from A to B in this sort of 45 degree angle sort of process. Exactly. And I think that's again why, when having something go like losing weight or going to get a six pack or being a bit healthier, because it's so uh, superficial, it's, it, and also because of this roller coaster effect, you, yeah. you, you beat yourself up every week. You know, you, you, life throws things at all, at all of us and normally when you least expect it and you could be on the pro on the road to getting the six pack you wanted and the next minute you might have this awful thing that happens to your life or or whatever and suddenly you won't you won't stop losing your weight you might bounce back you might put it all back on yeah and therefore you'll be demotivated to carry on whereas yeah. if you have this overarching sort of ambition that you fall in love with this process then naturally you will start to get leaner again for me i never had a goal to get leaner and out of shape uh, sorry, then to get better shape. For me, I felt like crap. I played rugby at about 108 kilos. I remember my first jiu-jitsu session, you had a set of scales and I stepped on it and I was 125 kilos. And just in that process, I put on, you know, what's that, like three stone? Yeah. In a matter of like, you know, a matter of like four or five months. Um, and for me, I have not tracked a calorie. I've not measured my food. I've not, I, you know, I've, I've, I've always naturally tried to eat relatively healthy as we all mm-hmm. try and do. But because I've been going to more jujitsu sessions and because I've been wanting to get better jujitsu and applying that in the gym and stuff like that. Yeah, you tailored your, your training protocols. Yeah, yeah and, I, and, and naturally my, my lifestyle has changed habitually to facilitate a healthier body. Yeah. In, the same, in the same way, if you've set a goal, let's say I want to be able to run a marathon. I want to be able to do a three-peat challenge. I want to, you know, I, I want to be able to do this sort of a thing. This is sort of something you fall in love with doing this, this process. I want to be able to go to this book club. And naturally, you will find these people that start to motivate you and you'll start to sort of, again, law of attraction and all that. And yeah, yeah. You, because you'll start to become a product of those people you'll start to make changes, very small changes, probably you won't even notice at first in your life that will facilitate a healthier you. And, you know, coming probably back to kind of Reba, this is, this is sort of where I bought this business as an app. I, I don't believe that fitness apps and having a personal trainer on your phone is your solution to becoming, getting a six pack or becoming mm-hmm. fitter or having your new thing you fall in love with. Not yeah. at all my very my my thing is i want a netflix account on your equivalent on your phone that if you can't make the jujitsu session that you love if you can't make that fitness class that you love or that bike ride that you want to go on because you've got a busted tire or your yeah. table tennis tournament or whatever <laughs> it might be then you know what on my phone i've got a quick read workout where someone can motivate me quickly, someone can give me a really easy kind of scalable workout that I could just do in my own time. It's ready to go, ready when you are. So yeah. it's, not, it's not something that's going to, you know, change everyone's lives in terms of make someone to fall in love with. It's just something that's there that they can use in addition to what I believe everyone should have, which is a fitness lifestyle, a, yeah. something in their life that they love 
that they enjoy, that they're inspired by to therefore change and create a healthier version of themselves. Definitely, Matt. Well said. I think an important point that I want to pick up on is when you're talking about people searching for their inspiration, a lot of that is going to take people to get out their comfort zones and not rely on things that are just around the corner or on the same streets. You've got to get out there and, and almost face adversity. Get out your comfort zone. Be prepared to fail and not be good at things for, in order to find stuff that you're really passionate about. And, and, and I'll tell you what, it is difficult. It is absolutely, it's, you know, I, again, taking myself uh, as an example, walking into a jujitsu room, thinking that I've, that I'm strong, thinking that I'm fit and being ultimately taken the mick out of by, by people that on the street, I would look at and think, wow, I'm way stronger than these guys. I can, you know, and actually, you know, always be completely yeah. humbled by it is a, is a, a strange experience. And it, and it, and, 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 and there is a part of it that is really horrible. It's really, it's, it's, a, sour, it's a sour taste in your mouth that you have to yeah. come to terms with. But this sort of, it relieves so much anxiety when you actually go through it. And, and I think going back to that Ross Edgerly point, sort of the hardest part, as you said, is just getting in the water. Getting in the water, definitely. Yeah. And get, I think that's kind of a bit of a quote of the day because get, get, getting in the water for a lot of people, well, for all of us, is the hardest part. Yeah, um, I always say to people when the when you get a few people at uh, jujitsu class and stuff, and they might be like, "Oh, I nearly never came tonight," or "I got home from work and I was on the couch and I nearly never made it to jujitsu. It's a drive to Lee or whatever." Like, I nearly never made it. But I always said to people that you'll regret not coming, but if you turn up, you'll never regret coming. Once you leave the jujitsu class at the end, yeah. you'll never regret that you turned up and trained. But if yeah, you don't yeah, turn yeah. up in the first place, you you will regret that. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I completely agree with that. As I said, I think, you know, some people, there, you know, there will be people that turn to your session and say, you know what, I enjoyed it, but it was, it's probably not for me. Yeah, I don't yeah. feel like it really resonated with me. Um, but there, you know, I think a much larger percentage will go and think, wow, this is brilliant. This is really... Everyone, this. everyone should do jiu-jitsu. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, and I, and I believe not because of a, not just because of a physical reason, but actually no. the mental reason as well. Yeah, and definitely. I, I think the ability to be able to stay calm and what you know what what jiu-jitsu does and i suppose any martial art does in sort of uh it's sort of, sort of grappling and that especially um it puts you in a position where you're in your parasympathetic nervous system so you're in your sort of flight or fight mode yeah um you 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 do get in situations where you believe on this sort of huge um animalistic level that you're fighting for your life you you know you, you're trying to escape yeah someone on top of you, you you're being squashed you can't breathe you're panicking yeah, yeah, yeah. and it allows uh, you to be to be objective and remain calm and totally and i think what happens is it, it puts you in this really stressful state but in a very controlled way and a very loving way as bad as that sounds and what it <laughs> is as what is it does is it teaches you to be to be able to slow down and be calculated and start taking things very methodically and being yeah. aware of your own thoughts and, and are following very much a simple process to overcome a, a hurdle. Yeah. Yeah. And I think in life that there are so many times now I feel stressed, I feel overwhelmed, I feel anxious, I feel, you know, like, you know, you could be sitting in the car, someone's cut you up, it could be in a supermarket where someone's just been really rude. And rather than, you know, going for it, yeah. you, 
you kind of sort of learn to just kind of go, okay, I'm now angry. What can I can no? Does it matter? No. How do I solve? What's my what's my what's my goal now? What do I want exactly. to do? Exactly. Yeah. I want to get my shopping and I want to be happy. Okay. Yeah. All right. So I know I follow these steps. And whereas before that sort of conversation that I just sort of had out loud with you there never existed. Uh, it was, something happened and I reacted. And that ability to actually be aware of bring yourself out of that sort of panic state. It, it, it was something for me that has fundamentally changed my life. Yeah. And I would argue that for a lot of people that, um, you know, this, this, even though, uh, again, my fiance will have a go at me because I'm trying to practice arm bars on a, um, in isolation. <laughs> you know, the uh, she actually says that the, the difference in me as a, as a, as a bloke, that, and what it's done for me, jujitsu is amazing. And there's yeah. even things that we've had conversations about, about her bringing into her, into her business and her work about actually dealing with stress manager management and kind of um, breaking down her thoughts and being aware of yeah. herself, being aware of herself in these stressful situations um, specifically. It's massive. I'm a big believer in the, the parallels from jujitsu, the parallels to like mental health and real life. Like you're saying yes. there about, when, you, when you're under pressure, someone's mounting on top of you, the worst position you could probably be in, putting loads of pressure on you. If you panic and get emotional, you're going to sink pretty quickly, aren't you? Yeah. Whereas if you're pragmatic and think, right, remain calm, sort me breathing out. What are the steps required to get out of this situation mm -hmm. and problem solve in a stressful environment? That, that has ramifications in, like you said, business, personal lives, relationships. Anyone 100%. can tech take something out of that definitely i mean you're preaching to the converted but uh yeah, yeah. everyone should but, do but, 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 but ultimately i and i, I do think like, like i said i don't think it's just jujitsu that does it. it's probably i think i think jujitsu is a very good way and i think yeah for reasons i think for example like longest like if you're doing running if you're a runner if you're cyclists you are um left alone with your own thoughts for a long time and just being alone with your own thoughts on a run in a you know in a long kind of sort of crossfit workout in a in a uh, um on a, on a long bike ride or whatever or on a long trek it might yeah. be all these sorts of things and, and be, being left with your own thoughts i think is healthy um we're in a we're in a, we're in an age now where we're constantly stimulated by technology and by screens yeah. and yeah. by by people and actually having time on your own and being aware of your own thoughts is a really important thing to do i think that's um, a good segue to the, the predicament we find ourselves in now we're, we're on lockdown there is time now where we are sat on our own in our house with not yes. a lot to do apart from thinking and maybe maybe yeah, asking questions I, about what we can what we can do better when we go back to our lives maybe what we can start yeah, who, who, and as i said I look right at the start of the conversation who you know what who, who how are you defining yourself as a person where are you actually gaining your self-respect from yeah is it your job or is it actually of these little acts that you're making but but yeah but as a but, but, but like if you are someone that obviously i suppose listen to this doing um that enjoys sort of long running and cycling or gym sessions then you 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 understand what i mean by being left with your own thoughts for a long time and dealing with that and come to terms with that i think again and you'll know you'll know again if you listen to this how healthy that is uh for yeah. you how much better you feel after you sort of compartmentalize problems in your mind i i always use the analogy like you run you run unraveling balls of string and you're kind of putting them to their own boxes so you can then yeah not then it doesn't necessarily solve your mind your mental problems but it kind of just enables you to put them in 
specific boxes so you can then attack yeah, them and deal, deal with them things better in yeah. a methodical way. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, I believe the problem with it, the only difficult part of it, the problem with it, is doing that on your own is a very difficult thing to do. So when you are suffering and you're kind of going into dealing with your own thoughts and you're, as you said, doing this isolation at the moment, it's healthy when you're doing it, I believe in the right way. If you're stuck with your thoughts and you are maybe becoming anxious about it and you're not maybe dealing with them and or unraveling these balls of string in the right way, you can actually almost beat yourself up and make it a lot worse. Yeah. So therefore team sports like jujitsu is a very, again, pragmatic way of having people that are very experienced around you that are giving you and teaching you ways to actually build up this confidence and methodically become aware of your thoughts and and, and actually um take control of these sort of stressful and mental Definitely. practices if you just start running for the sake of running you'll still meet the same demons in your head yeah yeah yeah. but what yeah. you then do and how you talk to those demons is a very difficult thing to do you have to learn how to do it and jujitsu for me has been very much a mental learning process of right jamie at this point just concentrate on your breathing well where, what are you doing here what are you looking for well, what, mm-hmm. have you, have you missed this and and even though they're sort of physical cues it allows me to kind of understand them on a on a on a, on a sort of a mental basis and teach me to go right well i thought this was all going wrong but actually it was only because i did this and this wrong yeah actually that's all right and it was these little steps i've got to concentrate on and i think yeah, we yeah. all do that again on that yeah. run you might be on your own on that long run thinking oh god you know the, my, my life is so bad it's like it's, everything's going wrong when actually if someone was able to sit down and talk to you you actually isolate the problems normally in life it's only one or two things that are going yeah. pretty bad 90 percent is, is sound and going well that little little, but, but yeah. when, when we're overwhelmed with this sort of anxious brain that we've got we throw it all in together and yeah. everything's going wrong and yeah. and your ability to kind of micromanage and sort of go compartmentalize these issues and being aware again of the stoic approach of what you can control and what you can't control and arrange that in your mind in a controlled and very pragmatic way yeah will allow you to then kind of move forward on that on that on that on that journey yeah. so yeah. sort of and, and again you know coming back to jujitsu or sort of um again the sort of business side of it reva the app it's it's you do need to find that tribe but there are going to be times you're left with your own thoughts if you are someone that's running or you're doing these uh workouts or gym classes or another fitness hobby or something like that there will always be times where you you will struggle and you Mm -hmm. will um you you will you, you won't be able to actually go to that class for a reason it might be a little injury or something like that or it might be just because you can't get there or you've got kids or you've got no time or whatever reason so on one level i again built the app so that someone at home if they are struggling with time can actually have someone that can kind of teach them to be motivated kind of sort that little problem so that someone someone's problem in their life for that day let's suppose might yeah. be really stressed and my stress mechanism is going for my quick workout today suddenly i can't do it oh my god the day's ruined yeah but if they can go well it's all right because i've got reva on my phone so i can do i can get someone to do that i can take control of that later yeah, yeah. just that little problem yeah, and i definitely. think i think so so something like the app will work in that response but what you can also do is if you're in like a doing a hobby or a tribe or a team environment something like jujitsu then you can text, you can pick up the phone. If you've got a coach, I know if I text you, for example, saying, 
I can't make training today. Is there anything that I can be doing? Straight away, I'll get a message back saying, yeah, mate, why don't you try this, this, this? Or I'll yeah. put this work video on there. And what, what, what my point is here is if you are a sort of an international athlete or if you have, if you go to a gym and you find these hobbies, you can use the people in those sort of tribes to actually support you on those sort of micromanagement losses. Yeah, nice. Yeah. So, when you, so when you find that your day is going wrong because you can't do your fitness thing, or whatever it is that you love, mm-hmm. since you found the inspiration, then I know for me, if you removed my training session out of my day, my day is going to be really bad. Yeah, yeah. If I'm not able yeah. to do my training that day, and again, I think loads of people will find will, will be able to resonate with this Gosh, issue. Yeah. If you're a runner and you've not gone on your morning run, if you're a cyclist and you, you can't do your bike ride that day, yeah, your mental you, clarity for that day is yeah, gone. You, isn't it? you yeah. are someone who goes to gym classes every week you know and you can't go to gym that, that your gym class that night your day is your or you know your jiu-jitsu session you are struggling yeah yeah uh, of course yeah. They, yeah i think so many of us can resonate with that so yeah. therefore you've got two things one you need to have something like an alternative that you know that i can, well, I can rely on this instead mm-hmm. um which ultimately which is what i've kind of tried to create with reva yeah sort of you, you you go to if that your normal thing isn't right um, or your other thing you can do is you can actually go into your community that you that you do love and seek help. Ask what can I be doing? I can't yeah, miss what alternative. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. What, what else to do? And you, you know what? In these sort of kind of tribes, I know again, hundred percent for jujitsu. If I was to put that message out there, I know I'd be inundated with responses about things that I could be doing. Yeah, Not yeah, just definitely. Coach, but also from multiple other members and things like that well yeah you get loads of youtube videos watch this do this try and have a look at this yeah yeah and 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 even even people just turning around to you and saying i can't train today either how crap is it just people sort of resonating with your feelings and going yeah yeah. that's a big thing as well we've not really touched on that knowing that you're not on your own a lot of the fears and the worries and the troubles that we have we're not going through them in isolation. There are other people suffering the same thoughts, the same worries, same concerns. Totally, totally. So, uh, it's really important. I think it's, I know. We're, you know, we're, 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 um, we're social creatures, aren't we? And, and I think we do, we do yearn to kind of be, to be loved and to be, to be heard um, yes, by people. And I think to, and to be listened to. And sometimes when you, when you are hurting or you've got a problem, it could be small, it could be massive, just someone listening to you and kind of going, that must be really hard. Yeah. Or that must be tough. It's and massive, just, isn't it? It's huge. Yeah. Yeah. And when you're on your own and you're not part of sort of a, a tribe, I keep saying I love that word, part of sort of this physical tribe you've been inspired by, you 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 will you will be heard. There will be yeah. people that are interested in what you're interested yeah. about. I know, um, man. I know. So just before we uh, finish off, um, Reva, when's it out? How can people sign up to it? What can people do to get involved? Yeah, so we, we we're, it's going to be launched next two, two, two or three weeks. It's basically we just do all the, um, uh, the the final things, final things we're getting together. Um, it sounds simple, building an app. That's what I thought <laughs> a year ago. Not to so. me, not to me, it doesn't. Couldn't even figure <laughs> out Zoom. <laughs> no, not at all. So yeah, but we know there. So that'll all come out in the next, next few weeks. Don't want to put a dap. 100% date on it yet. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Well, and guarantees when it does come out, it's going to be completely free um, for at least 60 days. Um, Fantastic. So it just, just 
during this pandemic, I think that it's important that uh, we start as we need to go on and, and really try and do our bit. And as I said, right at the start of this sort of this podcast is that I think if all of us sort of try and take a little bit of accountability for doing what, doing what we can to make our little corner of the world a bit better and kind of showing a bit of love and supporting people in the way that we yeah. can support people. We're not all nurses, we're not all doctors, but some of us are really good at jujitsu. Dave, some of some of us um, know how to make people a bit fitter and a bit healthier, and I think it's just good that we're just trying to keep, keep preaching and just try and make our little bit better in terms of what we we know and we're good at. Yeah, definitely, mate. I was going to ask you to leave us with a little bit of takeaway and advice and that, but you've just done that. So nice, yeah, one, nice. One. Awesome, mate. I appreciate you taking the time to talk to us, and uh, I really appreciate it too. And hundred uh, percent, it's been like a life life changing experience for me, and you've been. Uh, my inspiration to change a lot of my life. So thank you very much. So I appreciate that. Nice one, Jamie. See you in a bit, mate. Take care, mate. See you later. See you in a bit. Bye.